Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Yeehaw, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here. This is Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. I hope everyone's well this week. So as you know, we uh, usually talk about something on the podcast that's related to something that has come up uh, in my office uh, the week previously. I usually figure out what the trend is, what ladies are talking about. Um, Sometimes it's questions I get. However, this time, uh, because the uh, American election is still very much in the news, almost two weeks after, as I watch all of the, uh, what should I say, old establishment, uh, privileged white males descend upon Washington anew, I thought, isn't it an excellent time to do a podcast on a erectile dysfunction. So here we go. So it's an interesting thing, really, because our menfolk, um, who will potentially have a male version of menopause that can start the same time, essentially, that ours does, um, it's sort of interesting to see how these things can physically develop. And for a man, uh, we see that andropause, it's called. Um, there is a decline of hormones that happens in that time. And of course, let's say we're talking about the 40-ish years to 50-ish years. That tends to be a, a time of high stress for men. Um, usually their uh, children have left home and now it's just about them and their spouses. And there's a lot of pressure, pre-retirement, etc. So, <clears throat> excuse me, for men, this is a... Um, it's a it's a challenging time, just as much as it is for women. Interesting that it correlates with uh, our own pause in hormones, shall we say. So here's what I would like to talk about today, which is intimacy and uh, certainly things like a man's libido and um, health around his uh, sexual activities and sexual life. So a relationship requires intimacy to thrive, and sex is the primary way which we connect. So when the sex starts to decline, a man can very much feel like... uh, his manhood is in question and his female partner can start to feel like that decline in quantity and quality can be a reflection of her. And uh, this is a difficult thing, when we're, especially when we're going through our own stuff in, uh, in perimenopause. So, <clears throat> you know, for lack of a better way to say it, the penis is primary for procreation. But beyond his midlife... Things sometimes need to get a little more creative for a man to keep that uh, potency alive in his heart. You see, the culture around a man and manhood is very deeply entrenched for us. Um, and 
when <laughs> we never we never really teach our boys what happens um, when hormones and health start to decline at midlife and beyond. And sometimes it's before there based on other health issues, which I will get into here. Um, so what do we do with our boys? Why, how can we teach them better? And uh, I think it all starts with seeing their own parents have a healthy, intimate relationship, um, connective relationship, if you will, <clears throat> as as children get older so um the pressure is for a man to keep it up and make it last long and if he can't then he starts to lose the sense of his potency and with the loss of that performance he feels like he's losing his manlyhood so you can imagine the emotional stuff that goes like goes along uh with this for our men folk and it's not like i don't know how you are ladies but uh any men i've known <laughs> haven't really been all that excited to talk about these issues with their partner and certainly not with their doctor and of course the doctor is a really important part in making sure that um other issues aren't the cause of this, which they very, very much can be. So what's really interesting here, men are talking to other men about it. They're not talking to their friends about it. They're not talking to us about it so much. Sometimes we force them to, um, and that's not great either. And they certainly really aren't talking to their doctors. Here's what they do. They go into their doctors and they give a bunch of uh, vague symptoms in hopes that the doctor will understand enough what's going on that they'll ask questions about things like declining libido and declining testosterone in particular. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And here's what we do as women. We're not inclined to talk to our girlfriends about it either. So what happens is... We have no place to go, and it starts to sort of fester in our relationship. So uh, it's such hidden stuff. It becomes so shameful, and we blame ourselves first. We say we aren't sexy enough anymore for him to get aroused. And, um, you know, men are are visual creatures for sure, but um, that's not the only thing to consider. So what happens? Why does um, the potency of a man, his erections and his libido start to want to start to wane. So hormonal decline, number one, mental and physical stressors. The use of alcohol is also something really uh, to consider in all of this. So I'm going to give you some practical tips as I do at the end to help your man um, work through this, help you work through this too. So Dr. Oz himself refers to a man's penis as a dipstick. It literally is a window into health of the other systems for a man. So that's a that's a good way to look at it because you can start to assess uh, other things going on. So um, mental, cardiac, and endocrine are the big things, all right? So what happens is... Because the penis is uh, at erection, engorged with blood through tiny, tiny vessels, if a man has hardening of his arteries related to his cardiac uh, output or cardiac health or heart health, then of course one of the things that's going to happen is he's not going to be able to maintain, attain the uh, the rock hard erection that he will think he's always supposed to have like he had when he was 19. So 
Um, any woman who has been with a man who's, uh, <laughs> had a lot of alcohol, you know, very well that that erection isn't the same quality as it is at other times where he may not have alcohol on board. It's the same thing when, when the heart isn't working so well. So looking into cardiac health is a really, really important thing. Also related to cardiac health is diet and body weight. So first of all, when a man carries more body weight, just like us, we make estrogen in our fat cells. So that can oppose the testosterone that's necessary for a healthy libido and a healthy erection for a man. So making sure he's at a healthy body weight, making sure he's eating well, lots of protein, not so much on the carbohydrates, lots of vegetables, lots of healthy fats can help him stay healthy uh, with his dipstick and beyond. So Exercise as well can be a really important part. Exercise boosts testosterone. It boosts uh, self-esteem as well. So um, when a man gets sweaty, he gets lots of uh, extra testosterone. So it helps to keep him feeling um, vibrant, alive. So encouraging your man to exercise in a way that he loves is really important too. So of course, if he's smoking, then... I don't know. There's not much I can do with him. You need to check him on the pile up back. Um, there's never been a better time to stop smoking for so many reasons. Um, just also for the reason of, um, of his libido and his ability to attain and sustain an erection. Um, it turns out that smoking being a vasospasm, vaso, um, vasoconstrictor, what it will do too is pinch off those tiny blood vessels in the penis that allow uh, blood to flow into the penis to keep it erect, but also um, uh, they hold it in uh, during the process of, uh, of erection and then release at the time of uh, orgasm or ejaculation. So, okay, so another thing I want you to look at with your man friend is what his alcohol consumption is. Because alcohol for a man uh, certainly can be a sign of addiction. So does he have a family history of alcoholism? It can be a sign of stress or too much stress because our, our, our guys don't really like to talk about things that are stressful. They want to just pretend it doesn't exist. But of course, when they hold it inside, uh, they increase their chances of having heart troubles and it certainly doesn't do anything for their brain health, etc. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, alcohol can uh, hide depression. So it turns out that because the brain is such an important part of sexual function, that when a man is depressed, um, he's more likely to have erectile dysfunction and loss of libido. So having somebody take a look at his brain, number one, and making sure that he feels like uh, he is uh, happy and productive in his life and making sure he's not suffering from depression can be a really, really important part here. So hand in hand, dysfunction, uh, erectile dysfunction and depression, dysfunction, erectile dysfunction and heart troubles, and erectile dysfunction and stress. Those things all need to be managed in order to make sure that your guy is going to have a quality erection and sex life if he chooses. Now, um, it turns out, by the way, ladies, if this isn't your guy, 
congratulate yourself and him and reach out to a girlfriend who may be dealing with this and offer your non-judgmental support because chances are as a woman you have a friend that is feeling alone about this feeling like her relationship with her husband or her partner is changing and she doesn't know what that means so you need to offer non-shaming non-judgmental support to your girlfriends in this time because chances are more likely that your friends will have guys that are experiencing this than not. Okay, so um, I'm going to make a list for you of the prescription drugs that can cause troubles with a man's uh, erection and ability to achieve orgasm and ejaculation. And the list goes like this. Antihypertensives, which are blood pressure medications, specifically beta blockers, antidepressants, anticonvulsants, so that would be used like a seizure disorder, diuretics, which mean that uh, those are typically used for uh, fluid balance of some kind, usually in relation to high blood pressure as well. Antihistamines, so that's anti-allergy medication, ulcer medications, and cold and flu remedies can also affect the quality of a man's erection. So here's something I want to tell you that I think is really cool. Orgasm isn't necessary because if you're not baby making, he doesn't need to ejaculate. Now, as a man gets older, his the sexual tension that builds for him um, isn't so intense as it was when he was a younger man. So he can still have the pleasure of intimacy without having to worry about whether or not he's ejaculating. So orgasm is a brain-based phenomenon or a neurological phenomenon, whereas ejaculation is the physical... Um, the physical thing that happens with secretions at the time of orgasm. So also let your guy friend know that it's okay if he's experiencing pleasure, but it, it doesn't always have to end in an ejaculation. I think that's really, really important. <clears throat> Excuse me, making that distinction that... Um, Having sex doesn't always mean sinking the biscuit. <laughs> you can really have a good time with this. Um, play with it and, and, and figure out what it's like for you. So <clears throat> let's go there. Um, I think that I want to wrap here by giving you a few helpful tips. Number one, this is so important for women, and I think it's equally important for men. Do you still want to connect physically with your partner. If you are not in a place where you feel safe, where you feel supported and loved, then guess what? You're probably not going to feel like having sex with that person. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. Just acknowledge that. Uh, that's what's going on for you. And um, remember that... As a woman, it's super important for you not to ignore the urge. Just because your man friend, if you wish to connect with him, is having uh, difficulties, you still need to have a sexy health life, health, uh, se healthy sex life. So solo self-care is what I'm going to call it. Don't dampen your spirit. Three orgasms a week. Um, be sensitive to him. 
but sexual health is overall health, so it's not to be ignored. So back to your man friend, underlying health issues must be addressed. What's causing the low testosterone? What's his cardiac function and health? How is his heart? And is he suffering from depression? Okay, those are the big ones. And they all sort of interrelate. So it's sort of a chicken egg thing, like what came first? Um, and that's fine. Leave that up to your healthcare provider to, uh, to figure that out. So here's the fun part. You guys get to rediscover each other without the pressure of the erection or the ejaculation. And let's be honest, the world we live in centers around the penis, so we at least are getting our own orgasms these days, but it wasn't that long ago where women, it, nobody really cared if we orgasmed or not. So um, now I think I like to think it's better. <clears throat> I don't know. You can write me and tell me. <laughs> uh, but I like to think it's better. But um, now it gets to be about redefining what sex and intimacy mean for you. And you need to have time. You need to be um, have empathy for your man, and you cannot be judgmental of any kind, not an eye roll, not a huff, nothing. You just have to be there and supportive in that time. And listen, as women, we do this better than anybody, so you've got no excuse. So set the stage for success, have the conversation, and then explore each other like your teenagers. Find all the erogenous zones, the ones that you've forgotten, the ones that you've never found, rediscover each other, uh, caressing, touching, snuggling, indulging in the experience of being close to each other. That is still sexual activity, friends. It doesn't need to be inserting tab A into slot B and repeat. Rediscover the art of kissing. Reassure your man he isn't gay. Listen, I laughed when I actually thought about this because that just seems absurd to me. However, for a man, that is a big deal. When he starts to feel his potency waning, he can actually feel like, oh my God, what's going on in my gay? And apparently to a man, that's a big deal. So reassure him he's still sexy, you're still attracted to him, etc. And here's something else to think about. Remember, for a lot of us, your menopause is meeting his andropause at the same time. So instead of letting everything decline, because, you know, we don't have the biological urge anymore, our hormones are declining, etc. make it something different. Redefine your relationship in this time. It's not so much about baby making anymore, or if you decided not to have children, it's not so much about making um, a name for yourself in your work world. It's about something gentler and kinder and different. And it's okay to define it for yourself. Because here's the thing. Marriages these days and relationships these days don't look like they did for our parents and certainly not for our grandparents. So make it your own. There's no shame in that. I hope that I've given you something helpful today. Uh, really important for me to do that for you. So... You can email me anytime, 
Dr. Lovely at drlovely.expert is my email address. And let me give you a note about that. We've had a ton of requests for people wanting personalized help from me. Thank you very much for that. And I still encourage that. We're just, it's been overwhelming for my staff and I. So we are in the process of getting that all up and running and much smoother. So if you have emailed me and I haven't had a chance to respond, please know it's coming. So be patient. Uh, as I've said to you, I'm just as surprised as anybody that there are so many women that need to listen uh, to this kind of advice. So I thank you for that. I love you all. It is American Thanksgiving coming up this week. Know that on that day where I will break bread with my family, and yes, even though I'm Canadian, we do celebrate American Thanksgiving. We will be having a turkey dinner on Thursday night. Uh, my husband's American. I think I mentioned that. Did I tell you all I spent like almost 10 years in the States going to school? Anyways, so um, I have uh, friends and family and uh, a very dear part of me, um, um, stays behind in America. So I'm with you. Anyways, I'm grateful, so grateful for all of you. I love you to pieces. Go to our Facebook page, Not Your Mother's Menopause. Making hormones make sense. Talk to you next time. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your healthcare provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.